Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Forever Blue Shirts Radio Podcast. Yes, we haven't always been called that, but we are now, so welcome. Joining me this week for this milestone episode is Mr. John Luke Shapiro and Mr. Kevin Kruby, and it is a pleasure to have them both with me here. And, you know, before we do the show to all our listeners at home, we do a rundown of how we're going to do the topics, but I'm throwing a little curveball at them now because... There's something I have planned to say about each of them since this is such a big episode for us. Oh dear! And first, I'm going to start. This is a curveball. I was not expecting. Well, by it. the way, start. by the way, before you go on with that, you have to say your name first, Russell. That's true. I do. I <laughs> oh, know. Spoiled the I am Russell Hartman. But first <laughs> up on the list, before we get into all of our Rangers news today, Mr. John Luke Shapiro, and this is a guy who I didn't know before the website was, you know, a thing. And a few years ago, this, you know. This guy joins the website, Ant says he's got potential, joins us as a writer, and a few years later, he's turned into one of my best friends, one of the best editors, one of the best people at, at doing what he does, and someone who I'm really proud to call uh, a friend. And it's been awesome getting to know him, and going to Mets games with him, and watching hockey with him, and Jail, you're an awesome dude. Thank you for joining me on this adventure, and thank you for joining Forever Blue Shirts. Thank you, Russell. Uh, thank you, Ant, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I have a huge grin on my face. Obviously, yeah, I, you can't I can see, see it. it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, as as uh, you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into that night after the Rangers beat the Canadians at MSG. I sent an email out through my phone, seeing an inquiry on Twitter. And a couple years later, here I am with you morons. But no, <laughs> but no. In all seriousness, no. All seriousness, though, it's it's been great uh, helping produce the podcast right for this website. And, and you guys have just been nothing but a blessing, and uh, have opened so many different opportunities and chances. And and I'm I'm grateful. So even though it's not my 100th episode, I feel like I can celebrate with everyone, including Ant and obviously Kevin. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, but, um, he says. Oh. <laughs> but no, you got you guys are awesome. I love you guys. And uh, let's keep this going for as long as we can. Absolutely. And we love you, too. And that brings me to someone who I've known for quite some time, at least 20 years of my life at this point, at least since we were in, yes, Cub Scouts together, um, because that <laughs> is what we did. Um, Kevin's been my friend for almost as long as I can actually remember, as long as my brain has been remembering memories in my head. And uh, He's an amazing dude, an amazing person, and I asked him to join me one time when our old co-host wasn't able to come on, and from then on, he stuck, and it's been a pleasure getting to not just hang out with one of my best friends, but getting to hang out with two of them each and every week on Monday when we record and getting to talk about the greatest sport in the world. So thank you to both of you for joining me on this adventure. Oh, that's really, that's really sweet, Russ. I just oh. remember when you first like texted me, hey, man, you want to like talk about the rangers i was like yeah sure you want to talk call right now no 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 but like for a website what do you mean like a podcast i was like what 
I didn't even know he did a podcast. I had no idea what Forever Blue Shirts was. And at the time, it was Full Tilt Radio, I believe. Full Tilt Hockey Network, even, baby. Even before it was Tilted Ice. If people tilted remember the Ice. Tilted oh, ice it was three years ago, and it's been great doing this with you guys ever since. Fun fact, if you actually listen to that first clip, Russell sounds younger, but Kevin sounds exactly the same. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is a witch. Maybe. <laughs> and with that, now. thank you once again for joining us for this milestone episode, and we're going to send it over to Mr. Anthony Scoltore with Rangers Insights. This is Ranger Insights with Forever Blue Shirts website founder Anthony Scoltore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of New York Rangers Insights with your host, Anthony Scoltore of ForeverBlueShirts.com. I want to thank everyone for joining us in what is our 100th episode of the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Now let's get down to business and talk about Phase 4, the biggest news coming out of the NHL in the last few days. Phase 4 is set to start on July 30th, and that's when the qualifying rounds will begin. The Rangers are set to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. However, what I was told from a league source is that July 30th is good for now unless there's an uptick in COVID-19 cases. The NHL did reveal that 11 players tested positive since the start of Phase 2, which was June 8th. Amongst those players, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, three players from the Tampa Bay Lightning tested positive, along with two staffers. This caused them to have to close down their training facility temporarily. So, the NHL is going to be doing testing on a weekly basis and revealing those numbers as well to the public. They will not be releasing names, but they will give some numbers. So, we have to keep our eyes out for that because a big uptick could cause that July 30th date to be pushed out. In other news concerning the NHL hub cities, so far we have now learned that the six cities remaining for contention are Vegas, Chicago, Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, and LA. The worst kept secret in hockey is that Vegas has already been chosen as one of the NHL hub cities. However, what we're learning is, is that Vancouver has become a leading candidate to be the Canadian hub city. They have amongst some of the lowest cases in all of Canada, I think only about 180 active cases as of yesterday. So Vancouver has emerged as the top Canadian choice. They also have some of the best ice in the entire league along with Edmonton, so we'll see how that goes. But those are your possible two hub cities, which could be announced this Friday before the NHL draft lottery. As Phase 2 has expanded to now 12 players being allowed to be on the ice, some Rangers from overseas are already back, such as Pavel Buchnevich, who came back this past Sunday, and Kapokako and Alexander Georgiev are expected to return on Friday. Another Ranger who was not overseas but came up from Florida is Igor Shesterkin, and he's going through the return-to-play protocols and should be joining his teammates on the ice soon. Another big story breaking today um, is Libor Hayek has been invited to Phase 3 training camps. 
so far, the Rangers have been pretty tight-lipped about who is going to be joining them uh, and who are the 30 skaters they're going to have with them when Phase 3 begins on July 10th. But I can confirm, I spoke with Libor Hayek. He will be here, and he will be competing for a spot on the expanded roster. Also this week, Finnish prospect Lori Pajuniemi, who plays in Finland. We learned through our interview series with prospects that the Rangers have asked him and they have decided to let him play one more year in Finland. In other news, Kapo Kako has been made exempt of mandatory service in the Finnish military due to his diabetic condition. In news from around the league that concerns the New York Rangers, the New Jersey Devils are hunting for a new head coach. It has now been revealed by Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet that assistant coach Lindy Ruff is one of the candidates for that job. Included in that search are Peter LaViolette, Gerard Gallant, John Stevens. With, at this time, Peter LaViolette being the lead candidate to land the job. But it is interesting that Lindy Ruff, who at the beginning of this season actually spoke with Buffalo about their coaching vacancy and expressed a desire to become a head coach again, is being mentioned for the devil's job. In other news, Lias Anderson has turned down an invitation to come back and join the Rangers Phase 3 training camp. This pretty much puts it as it's a good chance that he's going to be traded in the offseason. We also have to look at the Buffalo Sabres who had a massive purge fired their GM, Jason Botterill, and half their coaching staff. A lot of people believe that some of that has to do with the failed selection of Casey Middlestat. Lias Anderson was selected 7th, Middlestat was selected 8th in the 2017 draft. On ForeverBlueShirts.com, I looked at both players, and it makes sense to me that maybe what both guys need is a change of scenery. Swapping Anderson for Middlestat serves a purpose of both sides where Anderson could fill a solid third line role with the up and you know up and coming young players on the Sabres. And Middlestat, who's had a lot of issues uh, cracking a Sabres lineup which just begs to be cracked, um, could join the Rangers as a center, which is probably their most shallowest position when it comes to their prospect pipeline. So I'm proposing that you could look at a potential trade between the two this offseason during the NHL draft. Will it happen? Who knows? The Sabres do need goaltending as well. Uh, that does make it interesting when you consider Alexander Georgiev is a restricted free agent. But any package with Georgiev in it will have to be much bigger than Casey Middlestat coming back from Buffalo. 
But it is interesting, and it is something that you can find on foreverblueshirts.com. So please, check us out, read us every day, bookmark us, whatever you have to do. And thank you again for listening. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Ant, for your insights, as always. Yes, thank you, Ant, very much. And also, I want to just take a, a moment here to uh, uh, acknowledge our uh, previous compadres on this podcast. Uh, obviously, you know, Zachary Chiger, uh, editor of the website, uh, along with um, Michael Kaplan, Cappy, who uh, I remember listening to when I first started uh, uh getting acclimated with this podcast and there's probably numerous others uh you know stat boy steven ricky milliner you know all the ones who have contributed to this podcast in any way shape or form you guys are appreciated by, by myself by aunt i don't know by kevin but by russ and um <laughs> so it, you know we you know whatever role big or small guests uh contributors we thank you and we hope that we can have uh you know more of the same the next uh next couple years all right back to you russell thanks jail and yes big shout out to everyone that's come on been a part of this show and cappy we miss you so hope you're doing well out there so to start off this week boys libor hayek is apparently returning to the new york rangers after his stint in hartford for the play-in round against the carolina hurricanes uh, you know, very kind of up and down full season with him. You know, obviously gets sent down to Hartford. Didn't have a lot of points either in Hartford or when he was on the Rangers, uh, you know, despite getting pretty decent minutes. Uh, we'll kick it off with Kevin here. Kevin, what do you think Libor Hayek's role will be uh, during these playing and playoffs? And do you think he's going to have to fight uh, harder than, you know, your average player is going to because he has something to prove? Bench player. That's what he is. So, okay. And, no. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be that way. Look, you get an extended roster, obviously, because the AHL is not playing anymore. You can bring some guys in that you want to see just in case of injuries or someone gets sick. You need your bench players. and need to fill out the bench. And I'm not saying Libra Hayek won't crack the roster. I just believe that he, it, he doesn't have the job unless someone really decides to crap out and do a terrible job. Um, Brendan Smith. But, uh... He took the words right out of my mouth. I know. All jokes aside, Brennan Smith has been, was good towards the end, so I'm, I'm just, this is more of just a joke. Um, Even, I have to admit, Even I have to admit, Brennan Even Smith was really good with Jacob Truba towards the end of, Russell, that, towards the end of the season. The biggest Brennan Smith hater ever is like, yeah, no, he's fine. Yeah. It's okay. He was doing so, fine. But that's the thing. You know, you want a guy like Brennan Smith who has more playoff experience. And, you know, this may be that play in round, but. Unless someone really decides to not show up, Libor Hayek doesn't have a job besides, you know, being on the bench, being that extra skater, getting his reps and challenging the other guys. And look, if he makes the, the, the roster, the, the main roster out of this mini camp, then that's great. But I just don't see him being more than just, you know, the ninth defenseman. Right. Because so, there are there is going to be a seventh and an eighth. And, you know... And you he, he needs to work his way up that pecking order. He needs to. He needs to prove he's himself smart. again. He's I believe. Yeah. Like, we've seen flashes of how good he is. It's just not this year. It's absolutely it's not, it's too many guys on defense. And whether I, I, I know this isn't the topic, but I, I can honestly see him getting traded, being well, part of a package. Ooh. It's just that's, honestly, that's what I think. 
I don't think that's what's going to happen. I it's could just, see it maybe in so, the offseason as part of a bigger so, deal, but I do think I do think the organization will want him around a little more considering the price that they paid to get him and how incremental he was in being that piece in the Ryan McDonough-JT Miller trade. Over to you, Jail. Libor Hayek has obviously had an up-and-down start to his NHL career, but we've seen the promise. We've seen what he can do if he puts it all together. What role will he have, especially with the emergence of Brendan Smith kind of reinventing himself on the defensive court towards the end of the year? And do you think he'll be able to distance himself enough to get any playing time during these playoffs? Uh, with what David Quinn has shown, if you don't play well, you're not going to get rewarded. So, ultimately, I think Libor will probably end up seeing some action. Will it be a lot? Uh, probably not. Um, you know, this is a very tricky situation with how everything is going right now. So, obviously, Libor is going to be here for the sole fact that the AHL is not playing. But, again, David Quinn has this thing where if you don't play, you're not going to – if you don't play well, then you're not going to stick. So, it's always good to have that insurance. A lot of people tend to forget that Libor Hayek played with Jacob Truba a little bit for at the beginning of the season, and obviously he was having a bit of a hard time. But, um, you know, with the trade of Brady Shea, Brendan Smith was only temporary, you know? So who knows if they probably want to give him a shot on the first pair with Truba. He played fine. And I have to disagree that he'll be part of a bigger deal because, like you said, he was part of the McDonough-Miller trade, so you would have to assume that they want to keep a player like that around. I mean, he's def the defensemen always take longer to prepare. to They always take longer to develop. So why just give up on him because... You know, we've got Nils Lundqvist in the, you know, Nils Lundqvist in the, in the, in the wings and Keandre Miller. No, just see what he's got. Why not? I mean, and ultimately, too, if Tony D'Angelo doesn't sign and if you trade uh, Hayek away, that's basically two options you don't have. Having good, having a lot of defensemen is a good problem. So I think he'll find some time. I think he'll play, and I think he should be here, and he will be here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Kevin. Um, I, wow. I, you know, you know, <laughs> Kevin, nothing. I'm picking We're on Kevin to a lot. Getting attacked, getting attacked today on this, the 100th episode, powered by foreverboosters.com. Powered by foreverboosters.com. I do, I, I, I do think that. I do think a good point is, you know, JL saying that Tony D might not sign. He might not be back. And, you know, with Nils especially coming over soon, um, that, that has a higher chance of happening than a lot of people think. And you trade Libor also, that really is gutting a little bit of some of the pieces you could plug in if you need it. Not saying how incremental they might be, but they're pieces that can be used in an injury-type situation. So obviously Libor Hayek seemingly has an uphill battle to, um, you know, make this team again and kind of prove himself. But like JL reminded us, David Quinn rewards hard work. And if he proves himself in camp and he does well again, who knows? Maybe we can see uh, his true potential start to come out during this play-in round. Next bit of Rangers news is another prospect. Lori Pajuniemi, currently playing for TPS Turku, Kapokako's old team, uh, lit up the Finnish league this year, scoring over 20 goals. Uh, as a teenager, that's super impressive, especially for someone drafted when he was later in the draft. Um, it's seeming that the guy has maybe middle six power play type potential when he gets over to the NHL, whenever that might be. But we know, at least 
It won't be next year as the Rangers, uh, as a report just came out, that the Rangers want Lori Perjuniemi to stay over in Finland for one more season. JL, what do you think about this? Do you think he should have been allowed to challenge for a roster spot on the wing next season? Or is this the best decision for the Rangers organization going forward to give Perjuniemi one more year to kind of stew over there in Finland? I like the decision. I think uh, another season over in Finland will... uh will we'll get him more experience um, and maybe iron out some kinks in his game. Not that he probably has many, but uh, it, it's always good for players to develop properly in their own environment. And I think what they want to do is they want to have him ready for when Kako really emerges so that when they ultimately bring him over, you know he's going to play with him. You know, you got to you gotta put the fins together. I mean, that, makes, that only makes sense, you know. So... I think it's good that he's over there for one more year. And then considering the uncertainty of all of this, you know, with the virus and, you know, the plethora of wingers the Rangers have, you know, maybe by the time he's ready next year, there will be more of a clear-cut solution for him in, in, in his spot on the team. I think he has a phenomenal chance at making the team. And truth be told, I think he will be a Ranger at some point or another within the next couple of years. So. I think that's a good point. I think that when he does come over, they'll certainly put them on the same line to start because having that type of communication with somebody is really good, especially someone that can speak the same language as him. Now, Kevin, you know, obviously, Pajuniemi took a lot of steps forward in his game this season. Uh, one of Turku's biggest scorers and one of the top goal scorers in Liga this season. Um, when do you think, if not next season, as we know, when do you think he'll be ready for the full-time jump to the NHL? Well, the Rangers said it. It's one year. One more year. And I don't blame them for being like, let this guy stew a little bit. Because we've seen, and unfortunately, we will be talking about him one more time on this podcast. Because you love hearing about him. The Rangers rushed another prospect that seemed like he was the most quote-unquote NHL ready. And he wasn't. And he ended up going back to you know, Sweden, and he's going to stay in Sweden, and there's a lot of trade talks about him, and, you know, that's what happens when you rush a young prospect that hasn't played on North American ice. It's just, it, it sucks. You know, you, the guy had expectations, but you don't want to have give this, you don't want to give Loria expectations that he can't live up to right away. I think giving him more confidence, letting him, you know, just dominate in Liga is the right call. It's just the Rangers don't need it. If they needed him this second, then they would bring him back over. Plus, I'm I'm def. This is no basis on anything. I didn't look it up, but I believe they don't burn a year for him. I'm not sure if he's signed to an entry level contract or not. Um, I don't think he is. Let me check for there's you. Some, there's definitely some positive contract wise that Statboy Steven can fill us in or has filled us in before with this. It's just if he comes in and you know they burn a year where he doesn't play a lot, where, you know, the roster might be a little jam-packed. It's, you know, why take that risk? Just, I, he, I just think that, I just think the kid needs... He currently is not on his entry-level deal, so... Okay, there, well, that might be it, yeah. too. There could so, be some roster manipulation there as well, so they don't have to worry about him in any type, way, shape, or form for the um, expansion draft as well. Yeah, but. so they, they, they're fine. They can sign him if they need to. Right. And they can bring him over, but it's just... I think they just know that they don't need to rush him. Exactly. And there really is no need with the Rangers having Kravtsov, Kako, Panarin, and Kreider, um, you know, ready to go along with Pavel Buchnevich. And Kravtsov is another interesting prospect who is, of course, going to be looked at to uh, hopefully have some impact on this playoff team. 
But, uh, you know, we'll see. The Rangers are kind of taking a good route with their prospects, letting them stew when they need to, not afraid to let them, you know, keep growing. Leah Sanderson, obviously a mistake, but they're learning from it. So, sounds like Lori Pajuniemi will be a Ranger, just not next season. But another a guy who might not be a Ranger next season and who fans have been kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say mean to, but fans have a very big opinion about this man. Uh, reports came out from Elliot Friedman this week that Lindy Ruff, assistant coach for the Rangers, might be on the move to become the next head coach of the New Jersey Devils. Of course, he is also in consideration with a bunch of other coaches, including Elaine Nazaruddin, Peter LaViolette, John Stevens, and Gerard Gallant. Now, of course, we're not a Devils podcast, but Lindy Ruff leaving this team and not coaching the defense will have some kind of effect on the squad. We go back to JL to start on this one. JL, if Lindy Ruff leaves, whether to become the coach of the New Jersey Devils or to take another job somewhere else, as he has expressed a desire to become a head coach again, does this benefit the New York Rangers? Does this hurt the New York Rangers? Or is there a gray area in the middle that people aren't seeing here with Lindy Ruff? I think it's a gray area in between. And the reason why that is is because... Look at the way the Rangers' defense has played the last couple of months before the lockdown. The lockdown. <clears throat> Excuse me. They they arguably were solid, way more solid than they were at the start of the season. Now, if you look at Lindy Ruff's coaching style, yes, it's a little dated. That's truth be told. You know, you could say that a lot about other coaches in the NHL as well. But at the end of the day. You know, if he wants to go be a head coach, great. And it wouldn't hurt the Rangers in a sense that, you know, the players already there are already acclimated to the system. And David Quinn's going to want to keep that same system. So him leaving wouldn't be too much. But then, you know, familiarity not being there anymore might take them a little bit of a, you know, some time to acclimate to a new coach. Uh, people like to, you know, I myself included were one of those people that kind of got on Lindy Ruff, you know, just trying to find a scapegoat for the defensive woes. But I think what a lot of us fail to understand is that the defensive core outside of Truba uh, and Stahl primarily, they're all basically young guys. So they're going to have their shortcomings. And people say, oh, well, Truba wasn't looking so good either. Well, I mean, if you're not playing in Winnipeg where everyone basically just handed you points and you have to play a bigger role, obviously that's going to take some time to transition. Now everybody loves Jacob Truba, you know? So I think it's more of just it's a gray area. He'll be missed, but then again, someone else could come in and just basically do the same thing. And if he decides to get a head coaching gig somewhere, you know what? Good for him. You know, he's been wanting it for a while. He's a deserving coach. He's a, He was solid with the Sabres and the Stars for a very long time. So he's absolutely deserving of another uh, head coaching position. So to say that Lindy Ruff is... The breaker, where everything's going to fall apart, it's a bit much. But to also say that he's the worst ever, I mean, have you seen some of those Ranger teams in the late 90s? But mm -hmm. I digress, you know. So I, I don't think it, it's kind of in the middle. He'll be missed, but then you could just find someone to take over and it wouldn't be too much of a problem. I think you bring up some great points there. I mean, he's not all bad, and of course it's not all good because – I mean, you have to take the entire picture here. I mean, he's really helped Adam Fox and seemingly Tony D'Angelo as well find their way in the NHL. Um, so, you know, they've had really wonderful seasons under him. You look at the other side, Neil Pionk, when he left, having a really nice season in Winnipeg. Um, you know, 
So you, Kevin Shattenkirk, another example, having a great season in Tampa, although that was also because of injuries while he was here as well. But uh, point being, um, looking at his entire body of work, yes, there is some good and some bad. So, uh, Kevin, what do you think about Lindy Ruff possibly becoming a head coach or taking another coaching gig somewhere, and what does it mean for the future of the defense? Yeah, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, JL, let me talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean... People don't like Lindy Ruff for multiple reasons. Um, the reason I wasn't a big fan of him was only because, like you guys said, you know, different with Shanker because, you know, injuries. But, you know, McDonough seemed like he wasn't the same. Brady Shea, like, from his first year to his second, seemed like a completely different defender. And, like, that's the biggest telling sign. It's like, how did this guy who seemed like he was going to be the next like, I don't want to say he was the next captain, but he was the next, like, leader on defense. Like, how does he become such a great guy his first year, and his second year he just kind of blanks the bed? So, uh, I had, you know, I held it for you, J.L. Great just, use of censorship there. You made my job so much easier. So much easier. <laughs> but you get the picture. Fill it in. Fill it in. I do. But, uh, Lindy Rowe, I mean, like, there, I, I, you could go by the tape if you really wanted to and compare the year before Lindy Ruff versus the year after and the years following before Brady Shea was traded, you could see that he's a different defender. And that could have been just jitters or he could have just been not be able to acclimate to his role. But we really will see how much of a difference it's going to be versus Carolina. We're going to see, is Brady Shea better being on a different team? Neil Pionk is definitely better being on a completely different team, playing 22 minutes a night, gaining all of these points. And he was the guy we all expect him to be, but, you know, I get that, you know, it's it's not just Lindy Ruff, it's, you know, all the co- all the head coaches that came before, like, you know, that are above him. So, I just, I, I don't know, I just, I'm happy he's gone, it's just, we're really going to have to see the change when he's really, really gone. Yeah. I think regardless, his contract is up this year. It, it will definitely be a big change no matter what happens with the with the coaching staff. But if Lindy Ruff does decide to move on or he is hired somewhere else, obviously wish him the best of luck. You know, you never want to see anyone do a bad job at their jobs, especially when they're working for the team that you're cheering for. Well, and people might disagree on that, but that's another discussion for another <laughs> that's day. Another, that's a discussion for another time, yes. Um, moving on here, I know we've talked about it a lot, and I promise this is going to be brief to our viewers. Very, oh. very brief, but we need to bring it up. Because it's an interesting interesting kind of take on this whole situation. This week on ForeverBlueShirts.com, we ran a piece about how a possible change of surgery for everyone's favorite prospect, Leah Anderson, might benefit him as well as the Buffalo Sabres. How? By trading him for the person that was picked after him, Casey Middlestat. Both are having kind of fledgling careers so far. Haven't really been able to stick in the NHL. Haven't really been able to, you know, in the AHL. Haven't really produced like they should. Both picked very high in the 2017 draft. Um, you know, we're, just briefly, Kevin, do you think Leah Sanderson for Casey Middlestat has any would, would benefit either of them? And do you think this is a deal either club would look into actually doing? I, uh, I really do think it's on the table. I mean, Leah Sanderson does gain interest if you don't think he does. Just see Calgary Flames for you know details. But I just think that. It, it, it's a no-brainer. Both of these prospects, you picked one right after the other. Everybody was upset we didn't get Casey Middlestat, but maybe this would have happened regardless. It happens. Guys just don't perform. Guys are expected to do something. You know, the Buffalo Sabres put Middlestat on 
the Lions this year, and, you know, he didn't perform. I think he only had, like, nine points in, like, 40 yeah, it games. Or, it wasn't great. It wasn't the level everybody was expecting. So, why not? I see a trade happening. I also see bigger trades happening where both of them are shuffled in as, a you know, a nice little sweetener. It's like, take this prospect we don't want. Okay, sure. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, new Buffalo Sabres executives that are just not there at the moment. Let Jack Eichel run the team. Yeah. If you believe some people, he already does. But, uh, you know, GM that's a discussion Jack, what is for he, another Buffalo's time. version of LeBron James? Probably. Yes. So, JL, what do you think about this whole situation? I know when, when this draft happened, a lot of Ranger fans, including myself, though Casey Middlestat would have been the better pick, uh, you know, naturally a center, nice career in juniors, and then it just kind of fell apart when he joined the Sabres organization. He was rushed. They expected too much out of him, but kind of we've done the same thing to Elias Anderson. Do you, so do you think if this trade were to happen and the teams were to agree that a uh, change of scenery would benefit the two of them? Well, this uh, I, I'm always a fan of um, change of scenery trades. Like Those are arguably some of my favorites because most of the time the trade ends up working out. And I'll give an example of one that I can come up with right off the top of my head. And it's a baseball one. Kevin, don't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting mad. I'm just saying, like, at least once per episode, you're like, hey, guys, the Mets. <laughs> well, but like, you're in, I, I, well I, guess what? You're I, in luck I'm because sorry. I'm just about to mention it. <laughs> mo so, mo I'm sure most Rangers fans are actually Yankees fans. That's usually how it works. That's why I have like, to say it. But anyways, I would say like seventy-five to twenty-five. But anyways, so the point the the point I'm trying to make is back in two thousand nine or two thousand ten, the Mets traded uh, Ryan Church, the right fielder, to the Atlanta Ryan Braves Church. for Jeff Francoeur, and for a brief uh, period in time, both players actually played very well for their respective teams. I mean, you couldn't go to City Field and not find a Jeff Francoeur number twelve jersey, which was strange. Uh, obviously, he fizzled out because you know reasons. Um, but uh, you know, when it comes to change of scenery things, I think Anderson will benefit in the sense of just not being around the Rangers. Um, I don't know how well that'll translate onto the ice, but maybe mentally it might do him well. Uh, as far as middle stat goes, uh, again, Russell, you hit it right on the head. Everybody was crying for middle stat. I wanted middle stat, you know, because, again. He was, I wanted middle stat. Yeah, Kevin yeah. wanted middle stat, you know. We so all did. We yeah. all did. And. You know, when when we got Anderson, obviously we we took to the pick because we all saw those YouTube videos of him just lighting it up in Sweden. But obviously, it seems like it's not working out, and with his latest rejection, it doesn't seem like it will work out, which is unfortunate because I actually think his game could translate well. But there's things there that we don't know, so I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it will work, and it would also put an end to the we should have drafted middle stat things. But then it'll open another can of worms like, well, we're trading for another failed prospect or whatever. So, yeah, I think I think it should happen. I, I would like to see it happen. And I, I have a strange feeling if Middlestat did get traded here, he'd actually do pretty well because the Rangers play a pretty up-tempo system. And it's more tailored to an American-style system that he's used to. So I, I think he'll benefit from that. It would definitely be something to see Middlestat and Blue and K and, uh Leah Anderson up there in Buffalo rocking that gold, but uh, we'll see. I think a change of scenery could benefit the both of them. I think that middle stat position-wise would probably be better, as I believe he's played more center than Leah has over the course of his career, and he'd be energized to prove something. You know, 
uh, traded traded away from an organization that you know projected him as being a second line center the year after he was drafted. So I mean, there will be some pressure on the kid, and I think he'll be want to prove everyone wrong, and then he can be that kind of player. So we will see if anything gets done on that front. Yes. And since this is our 100th episode, and we do all love the Rangers, and we want to see them succeed, I would like to ask the two of them, and I will give my story as well, about the first game they ever got to attend at Madison Square Garden and what they remember. Um, Kevin, we're going to start with you here. When was your first game at Madison Square Garden? Who was the opponent, and did the Rangers win? God, I honestly don't remember, so I'll give a different answer if that's okay. <laughs> um, wow, you can good get, memory, you can Kevin. Give your fa- you can give your favorite game if you would prefer. Okay, so I, I'm going to just, first of all, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark just trying to remember. I was, I It was a weird opponent. That's why I can't remember. It was definitely not a divisional opponent. It might have been the Minnesota Wild, or it might have been the Dallas Stars. I honestly can't remember. I just remember them winning like 2-1. to one. Um, Two notable games at MSG. One good, one bad. I remember going to MSG with you and our friend Armand, at, mm-hmm. and we saw them play the Devils, and it was the lowest shot total I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I kind of remember that. And the Rangers won one nothing, but we were in this corner seat. This was like right before everything got like redone, and we were in this like corner seat, and like terrible obstruction. Nothing happened. We got all our money back because of it, and. Like, it was just the weirdest game I was ever at because it was, like, it, it was such a low pace. But for some reason, MSG was still energized because we were playing the Devils. But, like, I think there might have been, like, three or four fights the entire game. It, it was so long. It was so tedious. But it was so great because it's MSG. And, I, and the other one is the one playoff game I actually was, like, graced by the gods to go to. Lucky and it was the Rangers... Versus the Caps. And it was, the again, the one game where it was one goal and the Rangers scored in the first period. Oh, and you the were entire, at the Broussard one? The entire game. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, on the edge of my seat, <laughs> like, shaking. Oh and, like, I'm shaking the towel and, like, let's go, Rangers are going. And I'm like, this is great, but I'm so nervous. And... Uh, that was, was the game Broussard a, I, scored the 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 power play oh, goal, right? It must have. Been. I, yeah. I honestly don't remember because that was the it, only yes. game that I remember. It was against the Capitals. It was one nothing. Yeah, remember that. Rick Nash I believe was in we front did win that series in seven. Yes, that was twenty thirteen. And yeah, it was it was electric, but it was so nerve wracking <laughs> that I'll never get over it. Oh, that's but so those nice. are the two games. I apologize. I don't remember my first one. I think it was just so insignificant, and I think I was just. Because I've been to MSG before that, but it was never for a Ranger game. And it must have been in, like, 2008 or something like that. Well, so oh, well. Kevin. <laughs> well, thank Kevin, you. thank you for sharing. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> JL, oh, your man. first game or your favorite game? I'll, I'll, have, I'll let people pick right now. Do thank I have you. To pick I or can I say because both? Episodes, you can say both if you, so, if you so choose. Feel I, free. I, I, will, I will say both because that's what I so choose. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I, <laughs> uh, unlike Kevin, I actually do remember my first game because it was... Okay, at- I'm sorry. You just went <laughs> to your first game like four years ago. Well, uh, okay. All right. Okay, sorry that we don't have money, Kevin. Sorry, I don't have currency. Okay, so like he said, I actually went to my first Ranger game February 22nd, 2015. 
But the reason why I hadn't gone to a, a Ranger game was because obviously the tickets were expensive, and at my job I wasn't making as much. So ultimately, the that time, I was making a little more. I had a little more to spend on myself. Uh, so I remember taking a girl to the game that day. Uh, newsflash, it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> so they were playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I remember just being in such awe because I had never seen a hockey game live before. So I was wearing my Marty Straka jersey. I had to be up at like 6 a.m. the next day, which I, I knew I wasn't going to get any sleep. So I'm sitting in a bar stool right behind the Rangers goal, just below the blue seats. And not even 10 minutes in, Kevin Hayes just powers the puck over the blue line, spins and shoots it right past Curtis McElhenney, of all people. And the starting goaltender that day for the Rangers was Cam Talbot. Because a couple of, like a week or two before, had hurt himself in that game. Well, he didn't hurt himself, but he got hurt when the shot hit his neck against Carolina when McDonough put the stick in his mask and he got his neck got exposed. So... Obviously, you know, people were a little miffed, but we all understood why. So, uh, Martin St. Louis scored two goals that game, and that easily solidified him as one of my favorite Rangers of all time. He was already my favorite before, but now this... I see if someone does well when I'm there, you're easily at the top of my list. Okay? So, he scored two goals, and the Rangers and Blue Jackets were tied at four going into the shootout. Now, before that... uh, Oh, let me just say, too... When Kevin Hayes scored the goal and I got to sing the goal song for the first time, I almost had, it was like a cathartic moment because I had, I I literally jumped out of my seat. My friend got startled because I had never heard the horn before. And then the song goes, I'm like, Hey, Hey, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I love this feeling. I need more of it. (laughs) I need it. My my body needs it. Yes. So. Um, that ultimately led to a very unhealthy addiction of buying tickets all the time. But um, so, a Kurt, another fun fact about that game was Curtis McElhenney, uh Rick Nash was coming in on the wing and he put a move on him, but he kind of got pushed into McElhenney, and McElhenney did like a Bordeaux and just flopped. It was amazing. So he 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 actually got a goaltender interference penalty, and the whole crowd was just giving him a New York welcome like nobody's business. So. Whenever he touched the puck, all you heard was, Boo! You suck, McElhenney! (laughs) And I was loving it. This was so good. I love going to Mets games. I love going to Shea or City Field. But I had never experienced something like that ever, and I was all for it. Ultimately, at the end of the game, Rick Nash scored a goal in the shootout to win it, and the Rangers won my first ever game. Now, the interesting game that I went to was in 2017. And it was against the Vegas Golden Knights, the first ever appearance of the Vegas Golden Knights at Madison Square Garden. It was Halloween night. Uh, A terrible incident happened in New York that day. And uh, everyone was, uh, you know, there was a lot of armed guards and and everything was on high alert. So ah, no big deal. I mean, I knew nothing was going to happen, but there was a sense of tension in the air. So at the end of the second period, the Rangers were down, I think, 4-1 or 4-2. And I was sitting in the blue seats, and I was next to this guy who had a Las Vegas Thunder ECHL jersey. This guy is literally straight from New York, like Boston, you know, Brooklyn accent, you know, kind of stuff like that, you know, gabagool kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he had the very, he was very New York. He would, we had a very good conversation. 
and you know David Perron scored on a penalty shot that day and lo and behold the Rangers came back and won they just powered through in the third period and the last goal I remember was Mika Zibanejad ripping it home on a power play now that was the season it was 2017, so that was the season when they had the 10 home games in October, and I went to about seven of them. So I blew like half my paycheck on those games, and I do not regret it. So that was, at least to my, what I'm remembering right now, I'm sure. I mean, I've been to VC's hat trick. I've seen Zuccarello score a couple goals. I was at a game where the Devils came, the Rangers came back against the Devils. Okay, we so, get it. You're so yeah. rich, actually. No, no I'm not, no Kevin. Thing. I am not <laughs> rich. Stop it. Eat alone. No. John Luke Chappelle. No. Kevin, stop. You're being a meanie bobini. So, yeah, th- those are just two of my uh, most interesting moments. Uh, do you remember this. what you had for dinner those nights? You know what? I think I do. Oh, my God. I'm just <laughs> joking. I actually think I do. But we're not getting to that. So It was pizza. I'm a ghoul. I mean, you got one of that, right? <laughs> you were pretty. You were close, Kevin. You were I close. mean, if you're going to a Rangers game, you gotta get some pizza. Of course, I... you get that little personal pie. Uh, I forget what section it's at. No, 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 pizza no. Before you go in, oh, or, oh well, obviously yes. You go before yeah. you go to the little hole in the wall place outside of. You go to the little hole in the wall that I go to all the time outside Sparrows? of MSG. No, not Sabaros, <laughs> Russell. What are you talking about? Michael Scott's favorite pizza Michael place. Michael Scott, yeah, Michael Scott's Michael favorite Scott. New York spot. Oh, well, there is a place across the street from Sabaro, and I can't remember the name of it. And we went there before, um, I think, a game we all went to. It was a preseason game. It was yeah, it was a pre- you, it was that a pre- place is good, right by the subway station. Like, yeah. If you like pepperoni on your pizza, yeah. these, these guys like stack it. Oh, dude, so, they're great. <laughs> my my first game at MSG was October twenty fifth, two thousand eight. You had to look it up. That was no, actually, I, I remember it looked like you glanced for like a second because yeah. I remember it because I have that video saved because I got on Garden Vision that night too. Oh boy! So, <laughs> um, so I get a call earlier in the day from my friend Armand's neighbor Charlie, and he says he has extra tickets to see the Rangers. Now I'd never been to MSG, so of course I jumped at the chance to go see them. Um, we get to MSG, you know, my first time there seeing the Rangers, I mean, you know, was you, you take in the whole spectacle, you see the ice, warm-ups, you're just like, wow, this is amazing, I want to go here all the time. I was wearing my Scott Gomez shirt, um, because <laughs> this was right after Gomez and Drury got signed that summer, and we all had a lot of hope, and that quickly went out the window. Um, but for this one game, Henrik Lundqvist was the starter, Marc-Andre Fleury was in the other net, and the Rangers were down 2-0 going into the third period. Um, I was in the 200s, but for the third period, I got moved to move down five seats behind Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, five rows behind Henrik Lundqvist at the glass. It was great. So the Rangers are down 2-0 going into the third period. Marcus Naslin scores midway through the frame to bring the Rangers to 2-1. to one. Yes, Marcus Naslin, who in his season here was one of my favorite players. He was awesome when he played for us. Same. And the Rangers, it seem, seems like they were going to lose. They were down 2-1. to one. They're about... 10 seconds left in the game, and then Nikolay Jurdev tears down the ice and rips a shot top shelf on Marc-Andre Fleury and has one of the best sellies I've ever seen, just down on both knees, pumping his hands. The Rangers tied at two in the waning seconds of regulation. No one scores in overtime. Henrik Lundqvist stops Sidney Crosby in the shootout, and Freddie Schustrom goes the <laughs> other way and Pots the puck right behind Flurry for a Rangers shootout win, three to two, 
It was one of the coolest games I've ever been to still to this day. And getting on the big screen and getting on the NHL.com recap was very cool to see for my first game at the Garden. Uh, so, everybody, thank you for joining us this week. Wow, thank that's you. It? Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, it was a quick one. So, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for your support. If you've been listening to us for all of these 100 episodes, some of these 100 episodes, even if you're a new listener, if you just listened to one or two of uh, our shows so far, thank you for the support. Thank you for reading foreverblueshirts.com. And, this, you know, we do it for the fans. We, we do it just because we love to talk about hockey. So, thank you, and I hope you'll continue to support us for the next 100 along the way. Guys, you have any parting words? Uh, sure. I, I'll, I'll take a word or two. Uh Everything Russell said is true without the fans, without Ant, without Forever Blue Shirts as a whole, we wouldn't be a podcast. So I really appreciate everything everybody does, especially you listeners. If you have any comments, suggestions, you want us to talk about a specific topic, you want us to go over old games, things that you like, things that you didn't like, please let us know. Comments, you know... You could shoot us. I'm sure you could shoot us a DM. I, mean, I don't know if our DMs are open or not. Mine, but mine, you, mine's I, are. Yeah, JL's is. So is mine. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely, definitely give us suggestions. I mean, like, we can't get better unless, you know, we have feedback. So please let us know. Please keep listening. And uh, JL, I guess you have the, the final word. The oh. sign off. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, i just like to first, again, uh, thank you guys for uh, entertaining me while I do this. Uh, you guys are a phenomenal group to work with. Um, Forever Blue Shirts has given me a platform that I had no idea I would ever inherit. Uh, Ant does a solid job with the website along with other the contributors and obviously the listeners and the readers who I've interacted with, uh, whom I've... Uh, followed and 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 done things with on the website uh, uh, on twitter and through the website you guys are awesome thank you for your viewership thank you for your reads uh all of our hard work um is evident through that and um we just can't thank you enough uh yes please give us suggestions give us uh things to go over discuss because again like kevin said we can't get better you know unless we get feedback so you know it's been a fun couple of years and i really hope that we can continue to grow the brand and actually you know uh hopefully when we're doing all this the rangers will win a stanley cup so that will uh that's the ultimate goal but thank you to Ant, thank you to everyone on the website thank you to you guys and thank you to the viewers and the readers and you can be sure if the Rangers do win the cup, you're going to get a very fun podcast after that with all of us not in our right minds. So well, them I, too. Them too. I, won't I, don't, I don't know about me. I'll, <laughs> I will be the only – I'm the designated driver of the podcast. I'm the there designated podcast. <laughs> it'll just be two hours of jail freaking out that the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. Yes, right. and it'll be sober and just genuine excitement. Incoherent a... excitement. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody, have a great week. Um, cross your fingers, cross your toes, get whatever luck charms you got ready for Friday. Let's see what happens in the first portion of the draft lottery. And uh, hopefully, the Rangers get a top pick. And as always, let's go Rangers. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by foreverblueshirts.com. Uh-huh.